Welcome to The Speakeasy, the podcast that urges you to mean what you say and say what you mean. I'm your host, Allison Emmett. Here at Barnard, it's likely that all of us have experienced speaking anxiety at one time or another, myself included. But even though we can all get nervous around giving a presentation, it's important to consider the societal factors that make us question our voices. So what makes us more susceptible to speaking anxiety? Let's go into the theory. It's likely a symptom of feeling out of place, that we don't have the skills or the knowledge to be speaking in the circumstances we are in, which can be aggravated by identity. The phenomenon of feeling like you are underqualified when you are not is known as imposter syndrome and disproportionately affects women. Speaking anxiety is a state-specific collection of psychological symptoms. It manifests itself numbness, disorientation, uh, increased heart rate, and can occur without warning. You may not be a person who normally feels like they're anxious before they speak, or even that you have any speaking-related anxiety, but you may find yourself giving a presentation and suddenly seize up. And that's perfectly normal. So what does that mean? It means that even though we tackle everyone's struggles with speaking anxiety and presentation jitters at the speaking center, as in all speaking issues, we need to work on paying more attention to the intersectional causes for speaking anxiety and how we, as speakers and as an audience, can work to dismantle and minimize them. It's important to intentionally create a calm speaking environment for yourself and when in the audience, work towards creating a receptive environment where others feel welcomed and listened to. That being said, here are some general ways that we at the Speaking Center work to address speaking anxiety. First, don't forget to breathe. It sounds simple, but before you begin, take a few deep breaths. And throughout your speech, remember to take deep, consistent breaths. When standing in front of an audience, we can all get a little tense. A technique for letting this tension out that if you do it subtly, we can guarantee no one will notice is slowly clenching your body and releasing your muscles in the moments before you speak. And when you're speaking, depending on the setting, watch out for fillers and qualifiers. Fillers are words that don't add value or meaning to your speech. Like, um, so, well. I'd never discount a type of speech completely, but in most standard academic settings, they'll lower your credibility and your grade. So if you find yourself saying, um, take a pause. Qualifiers are a form of speech where before you get to your point, you qualify what you say. So it could be, This may be a dumb question, but I don't know if this point is right, but don't do that. Be confident in your speech and start with your argument. Your opinions matter and you deserve to be up there talking about them. The most important thing to remember is not to let a bad experience with speaking anxiety define you. We've all been through it and the best way to tackle it is to acknowledge it and face it head on especially if you have a supportive audience. And as always, it's essential to think critically about why speaking anxiety manifests itself in different spaces at Barnard. 
Are you doing the best you can do to be a supportive audience? Up next is sophomore Allie Freyerman with her experience as a speaking fellow with speech anxiety. So I believe first and foremost that speaking anxiety is a universal experience. I really think that's something that manifests itself even in experienced speakers. You know, going through high school, I had a lot of pedigree in terms of speaking. I acted in high school. I did Model UN in high school. And even in these situations where I had so much practice, you know, going up and giving speeches, I still got red, so red in the face every time. And I really like to bring that experience into the speaking center as something that is universal, something that I always introduce in my sessions, no matter how strapped for time we are. Because I want people to know that in giving a class presentation, you know, you're not alone in having speaking anxiety because really everyone has it. I haven't met a speaking fellow who hasn't had it. I haven't met a person who does not get anxious before giving a presentation in class. For me, I like to describe my experience in my speaking fellows interview, which was a very high pressure environment for me, obviously, as all interviews are. I almost threw up beforehand and I was incredibly red in the face, like as per usual, about to give the six minute speech. I was so worried that I'd forget any line of it that I memorized it, yet I didn't bring in any notes. And I was able to deliver the speech and select it as a speaking fellow, which surprised me actually because I felt everybody could see like the sweat running down my face or the fact that I was shaking and would not have chosen me because I did not seem like a good public speaker. And the fact is that speaking anxiety does not make you a bad public speaker. It obviously can be dealt with, but there are a lot of important considerations into what goes into speaking anxiety. People who feel marginalized in classrooms, in clubs they're in, or you know, in the environment that they're giving a pre presentation, that is a huge contributor to speaking anxiety. And it's something that I've seen in my own classes, in discussions that have been insensitive and made and sensitive towards racial identities or class identities and made people uncomfortable and unwilling to speak up. So the idea behind dealing with speaking anxiety, I believe, has to be twofold in that there are strategies we can give people for, you know, giving presentations and reducing anxiety going into that, but also to address the issues of feeling comfortable in the setting you're in, not creating environments in which pressure is exacerbated. And there are a lot of environments at the school, um, and in high school especially. My, the Monument team I was on, I actually just felt was a marginalizing force in the tryouts we had because we saw ourselves as very high and mighty. We were, you know, of a certain academic form of speech and a certain pedigree in speech. And that was something I really did not appreciate and something I, I hope we can address more and more in Speaking Fellows addressing in uh, our sessions, you know, how to make people feel more comfortable in the classroom, how to speak with sensitivity towards others, how to show that you're a good listener in order to not create an environment that's conducive to speaking anxiety in addition to addressing everybody's individual needs in terms of dealing with speaking anxiety. So when I bring speaking anxiety up in my sessions, I really try to create an open space for people to discuss it. But again, because it is stigmatized and because we are talking about giving class presentations, that's often something very hard for people to address. 
Uh, so what I like to do is go off the entire universality of the experience, addressing my own speaking anxiety every time I gave a speech in rhetorical choices, which is the training class for speaking fellows, every time I go into an interview. The amount of interviews I bombed solely because I couldn't remember what words I wanted to say. And oftentimes that kind of universal discussion either gets people to share their own experiences with speaking anxiety, which I feel puts everybody on a very equalizing plane within the session, or it just allows me to segue into different strategies that everybody can benefit from without necessarily having to acknowledge that something that speaking anxiety is something they suffer from. And I've had people insist that speaking anxiety is something they don't go through and I just don't believe it. But so some of those strategies such as I find that notes are often used. So a method I like to use is like a note reduction method where you start off writing bigger portions of your speech and you slowly reduce them until you only have topic sentences or no notes at all. Um, dependent on the presentation. That's something I found that's really effective for me and can be universal, can be used in class presentations pretty reliably. Also we go through a lot of um, stuff about breathing methods, about different ways to release tension in your body before giving a presentation. And I feel like that those are good little things to remember uh, for people to loosen up before a speech. But ultimately, ultimately, um, I feel, you know, where we should be dealing with speaking anxiety is talking about it in this intersectional context and talking about it as like, yes, everybody has it. And I genuinely do believe that everybody at one point in their lives will be nervous about giving a presentation, no matter how seasoned they are, or how rehearsed they are but that people have it to different extents because of different circumstances. And this could be because they feel uncomfortable in the setting they're giving a speech in, or like if that just stigmatized, you know, the way they speak. And speaking anxiety itself is stigmatized because even though, even though we can talk about it in a cultural context, or even though I introduce it in my sessions as something that's very universal because I do believe it is, it's still seen as an affliction or something that is detrimental to giving an academic presentation. I believe the first step in reducing speaking anxiety is to talk about it in the classroom and to talk about it as something that won't knock down your grade or to talk about it like not everybody has the same training in public speech. And so you say it like in saying that practice helps reduce speaking anxiety. Like I believe that for the most part that is very true but I believe that there are factors that contribute to speaking anxiety that can't be controlled through practice. And there are different, you know, neurological variations of speaking anxiety and how your body reacts to the, um, suppose, I guess I, I want to say threat. It's not really a threat, but it is like a fight or flight response as a lot of anxiety is. Just the fact that speaking anxiety is a neurological condition, it's place specific um, in that it comes up you know, only in the certain context of giving a speech or only in a certain environment even in which you're giving a speech. It's quite possible you could be incredibly comfortable giving a speech in one environment and not in another. So I think the key to addressing that is the key to addressing the spaces in which we speak in and how professors address speech and how our peers address speech and how we're listened to. And equalizing listening, I think, will ultimately 
is ultimately like the key to reducing speech anxiety and creating those conducive environments. And also, you know, acknowledging and destigmatizing speech anxiety as something that is a very real condition in, to varying degrees and isn't necessarily trained away with just practice or more public speaking experience and is something that we should all be talking about in a very universal context because it's something that affects, I would say, most people, if not everybody at one point or another. Um, and it is something that is very based in the context in which you were speaking. Speaking anxiety impacts everyone at some point in their life, but it can impact different types of people differently. But you must remember to get your voice heard, and it's important that you are heard, you must work through it. Remember, say what you mean and mean what you say. The Speakeasy has been brought to you by the Barnard Speaking Fellow Program. To book an appointment with a Barnard College Speaking Fellow, please visit our website, speaking.mywconline.com. We offer individual sessions and group workshops. The Speakeasy was created by Allison Emmett. This episode of The Speakeasy was produced and edited by Shreya Santharam and written by Ali Freyerman and Allison Emmett. Thank you to the director of the speaking program, Daniela Kempf, and to coordinator Katie LaSalle. To Barnard IMATS for providing recording equipment and WKCR for allowing us to use their studios. Thank you, and we hope you'll tune in next time. <laughs>